Hi, I'm James Kotecki. You're listening to the C-Space Studio Podcast. Interviews with technology, media, and marketing leaders from CES 2020. Hi, I'm James Kotecki, the host of the C-Space Studio here at CES 2020. Joining us is Laurel Rossi, co-founder, Creative Spirit. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Good really morning. appreciate it. Um, first, can you just please define for everyone what Creative Spirit is? Oh, Creative Spirit is a nonprofit organization that uh, I helped start in 2017. We get jobs for individuals, young adults with intellectual, developmental, and learning disabilities, and they are unemployed around the world um, at a rate of about 85%. So uh, what kind of uh, jobs, what kind of companies, um, how, does, how is that working? Everyone who um, applies for a position at Creative Spirit um, is an incredibly able young adult. Um, sometimes they're looking for their first job. Sometimes they've been through a lot of job interviews. Um, and the roles that they apply for are the same as the general population by and large. Um, when you have an intellectual or developmental or learning disability, um, generally speaking, you are quite able but need some accommodations at work. Can you define some of those accommodations that, uh, that people might be working yeah. with? So um, we are placing lots of folks in tech QA positions, and some are coders, some are receptionists, um, really a wide spectrum of jobs. And some of the accommodations are as simple as tech accommodations around legibility, some are just the type of working environment you're in, and some are having mentorship and coaching, um, something that we provide for them at Creative Spirit. So tech, it sounds like, is one of the ways that accommodations are made, but it's not the only way. It's not the only way. Um, one of the things that tech has done in general is made employment incredibly possible. And in fact, tech has made a lot of things possible, even trickling back to education. Um, the way we educate young adults with disabilities and the way we move them through the employment process is profoundly different today because everything's accessible to them. And so the tech factor is big, but also the human factor. I think the, the technology has made humanity quite transparent, right? What we need more transparent. And so when we couple the human aspect of coaching and mentorship with the technology, we have a one-two punch that's really, really powerful. And how much of your job, your organization's role, is just telling people that all this is possible? I imagine you have a wide range of understanding of how much possibility there is in this space that you deal with. It is amazing. Well, I'm a marketer. Mm -hmm. um, I work at Omnicom at Organic. And um, one of the things that I'm a lifelong marketer, and one of the things I know is representation is 99% of the game. And we do know that representation of those with these kinds of disabilities in particular, some of them not quite not obvious, um, others are obvious, um, is really a big differentiator in terms of just getting people into roles. Um, we, when we started, we um, got about 1,200 applicants the first hour we launched, um, and 50 companies have signed on. And just that kind of awareness, you know, being a marketer, makes it a little bit easier to get the word out there. The companies have been fantastic. So why did you start this organization? Um, a few years ago, a little before 2017, I was at uh, an award show judging in our industry, and I was with a colleague from Droga 5 in Sydney, and he had hired one individual with Down syndrome. And he said that that opportunity changed the culture of the company. And I have a daughter with a disability, so it was very close to my heart. And when I started to explore the options in the United States, I realized 
that there really was nothing like it, that this was a global problem that hadn't been tackled in the States, and that with a huge stage in the marketing and advertising industry, we had a great opportunity to really bring this whole issue to light. On your website, I know there was language around, uh, when I was looking at it, how having different voices actually boosts creativity. Can you share some examples about how that takes place? Yeah. Um, one of the things that um, has been really wonderful is having all different types of thinkers in the room in terms of problem solving. And so our employees who are placed in corporations, whether it's a tech company or an advertising agency or a telecommunications company, um, are all contributing at the same time to the dialogue. Sometimes it's specific around what it means to be make the world more accessible, and sometimes it's not specific at all. It's just about being a different kind of thinker. Um, it is unbelievably productive to have these kinds of thinkers in creative brainstorming sessions, as an example. So it's not just on initiatives of accessibility you're saying that, that Absolutely the folks not. are participating in. Um, uh, I know that there's some, tons of companies that you work with. Is there is there one moment of kind of aha that kind of stands out to you that, that you heard about recently? Um, uh, one or two, yes. Yeah. Um, we had um, recruited a young man who had done an internship with us. Um, and actually, he had coded the Creative Spirit website, so I knew um, exactly what he was capable of. And, and I've seen the website. It looks great. Well, thank you. Um, and we put him in a position um, at Verizon, and he was in the HR department and very excited about doing the kind of development work that he was doing. And after about seven months, decided that he really wanted to do some AI work. And so with, his, with a little bit of coaching and a ton of advocacy, he got himself promoted, got himself an unbelievable new position. And um, I think those kinds of mm. stories of ability yeah. and of self-advocacy are the ones we're looking to really prove to be true. We're speaking with Lowell Rossi, the co-founder of Creative Spirit. So you're a marketer, as you said. <laughs> what, what works better as a marketing message for encouraging companies to hire uh, the folks that you're serving? Is it uh, do the right thing or is it do this thing, it's good for your business? Um, a couple things. One is, I, I think all companies are really engaged today in being purpose-driven. Whether that's in service of their employees, it's in service of their customers, it's in service of their brand. Um, I would encourage everybody to think deeply about how to really engage with all those populations, the caregivers in their own employee populations, who are really struggling sometimes with people in their own families who have a disability. And I think that um, one of the things that we like to tell people is it drives business. We know the top 10% of companies, high-performing companies, are engaged in DNI activity. Um, diversity and inclusion. At diversity and inclusion. We know it can be a little bit circular at times. Um, in terms of, you know, is it the best performing companies who are really thinking about these things, or is it DNI that's making them high performing? We'd like to think it's the latter. Hmm. Uh, are there ways that you are fearful or wary of technology uh, locking out people with uh, differences and disabilities? And are there, are there concerns that you have there that, that you want to voice at a conference like CES? Yeah, one of the things we, we really struggle with is um, when we want to do this at scale, and we are doing it um, in a very traditional way today, we want to use technology. And the bias in recruiting technology is so overwhelming that we are actually working on our own um, proprietary way of approaching the problem with technology today. Hmm. I'd love to hear more about that. So what's the, what's the challenge and what are some of the solutions that you're looking at? 
When our applicants um, actually apply through traditional technology systems, and most recruiting is done that way today, um, they are not the most likely candidates to be sought out or put through the process. And so what we're doing is working today with individual companies to improve that. But in general, we are working across the board to use TAC to change the, the recruitment process and have our own technology solution. Basically, there's a recruitment screen or maybe certain algorithms have bias. been coded in a certain way, certainly bias being encoded in there, and they're just not able to get through the screen as easily. That's correct. Um, uh, other obstacles that you see with companies as you, as you, as you uh, put people to work in these companies, or maybe a way to reframe that question is best practices that you see from companies who are doing this well. Yeah, two things. One is um, the thing we probably deal with the most often is I have a real need and a real desire to be a very inclusive company, but how does disability fit into that? And I'd like to think that we're getting to the point where technology has helped us universally design the world, and so whether I'm talking about people with color, people of color with a disability, um, people with a disability that are physical, et cetera, I'd like to think that inclusivity really does mean total inclusivity. And the one thing I've found is that Disability inclusion among people with intellectual disabilities just because they haven't been living their most productive lives, they're the most impoverished population on the planet, is a very telegraphic way to be totally inclusive. And do you find that government and regulatory policies are also a factor in what you need to succeed, or are you kind of optimistic about the corporate world being able to push this uh, a good chunk of the way? There is a real reason why we've gone to the private sector for this. First of all, that's where the jobs are. Um, Enterprises is where all the training exists. It's where the foundational money exists to be able to provide fair wage positions in integrated spots. Um, The public sector is a little bit different in that there are a lot of incentives and disincentives to working. So if I get Social Security benefits, does it really pay for me to go out and get a fair wage position? We're sending a mixed signal to the population. Um, You talked earlier about brands wanting to have a purpose. Um, What does that mean to you for a brand to have a purpose? And the question I've asked other people here in the C-Space studio is, is it different for a brand to have a purpose than a person to have a purpose? Um, I, you know, I keep going back to technology. It's where my heart lives in this space because it's what's making the work that we're doing possible. Um, humanity being served through organizations is really the centerpiece of purpose, whether that's the employee population um, in these companies or it's the consumers at the other end of it. And I think the definition of purpose is are we authentically serving as many people as possible? So final question, we're here at CES and you talk about how technology is making a lot, a lot of this possible. Is there a technology that's not really in place yet but you see on the horizon that you're excited about as a way of further enabling the people that you serve? I think that it's starting to be in place. When I think about the connectivity of a family caregiver, as an example, who is on their commute home, you know, being a, a centerpiece of the family, needing to prepare dinner, needing to get homework done, needing to get all those things done, and the predictability mm-hmm. because of IoT, among other things, and that connectivity, making it work. The ability is, to know where people are and communicate a- with people. Absolutely. Is going to make the family unit more productive and also put caregivers in a much different place than they are today. Well, Laurel Rossi of Creative Spirit, thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. This podcast is in partnership with the iHeart Podcast Network. 